time to wake up. It's Saturday morning. Find some milk and cereal. Grab a bowl and spoon. No, a bigger spoon. Head to the living room and take a seat on the floor. But Joseph and Chris present to you... Saturday Morning Cartoon! Hello everybody, welcome to Saturday Morning Cartoon Boom! This is a show where we wake up with the Saturday morning sun, plop down the living room for the Big Bowl of Strickery cereal, and watch all your favorite cartoons, both old and new. I'm Joseph. And I'm Chris. And this morning, we watched Drag Pack. And this was suggested by Scott, a.k.a. At Pat Mosby on Twitter. So thank you, Scott. Yes, thank you, Scott. I, well, let me say, I, I don't know how you felt about this show, but I know how I felt about this show, and we'll get into that. <laughs> and it might be very different. It might, it might be, or you might agree. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> so the show Drag Pack aired in 1980. It was created by, actually created and produced by Hanna-Barbera Productions. It ran for one season, 16 episodes on the CBS network, and for a short synopsis, to make amends for all the havoc his uncle, Count Dracula, caused, his great nephew leads a team of superheroes made up of his friends. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, okay. Before, before we go down this rabbit hole here, who are some of the actors who played in this one? All right. So the character of Drac, who's actually listed as Drac Jr., but they never refer to him as that. They always call him Drac. But he was voiced by Jerry Dexter. The voices of Frankie and Howler were voiced by William Calloway. Uh, the voice of uh, Dracula, a.k.a. Big D, was <laughs> was voiced by Alan... O- <laughs> I can't even talk now. <laughs> Big D. Alan, o- <laughs> Alan Oppenheimer. So there's a cartoon veteran that we've heard his name quite often. Skeletor, man. Yeah, Dr. Dredd, voiced by Hans Conried. Toad and Fly were both voiced by Don Messick, another person that we've seen quite often in this show. Mm-hmm. Vampira, voiced by Julie Werter, and Mummy Man, voiced by Chuck McCann. Yeah, that's like every character in this show, period. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Every, everything else is just a show up for one episode kind of dude. Yeah, if so, that. Yeah. Uh, so, you mark... <laughs> I know how this is going to go based on your like sudden sigh. You're just, uh, yeah. Well, all right. So, so if you tasty marshmallows out of this big bowl of drag pack cereal, if you even want to call them tasty, I mean, honestly, there wasn't a lot to this show trivia wise. So here's what I got. Celebrity impersonations abound. Not only is Drac Jr. voiced in the style of Don Adams with frequent references to get smart, but Vampira is given Eva Gabor's Hungarian accent while Toad is voiced in the style of Peter Lorre and bears a kind of a resemblance to him as well. In a way. In a way, right. Yeah. More green. Uh, yeah. He's short. I, mean, I guess that's the resemblance. Kind of kind of short with the rounded face, I think, is what it was. Well, sometimes rounded face. I'll get into that later. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and this one, kind of like you were mentioning, while Drac Jr. is frequently referred to as Dracula's nephew, he's technically, according to the first episode, his great nephew, as Dracula states oh. that he is the boy's great uncle. Well, that would make a lot more sense because, well, actually, I guess I don't know. <laughs> I got... I have no follow-up to that, There's, so never mind. Don't, don't worry about making sense of this show. Yeah, uh, just we'll just call it good. Yeah, just accept it. Uh, Howler's yes. powerful breath is generally considered to be a reference of the Big Bad Wolf uh, fairy tale yeah. fame, which is kind of what you know we figured. Uh, yeah, they don't, they don't ever mention obvious. it. They don't ever mention that, but you can no. kind of gather it just from knowing 
the story altogether or just the three little pigs. So right. anyway, memories of the show, Chris, did you know about it? No, I, you know, some part of me wants to say that I've heard the name before, but I don't think I have. I think it's just from having seen the suggestion. So uh-huh. then when we finally got to it, I was like, oh yeah, this thing. Then I'm like, no, I probably never actually heard of this. <laughs> yeah. With good reason. You know what? I had heard of this show. I had never seen it, but I had heard of it and I had seen the cover and I was like, oh, this looks cool. And I had it in my Amazon shopping cart forever, but I never really, I never clicked the buy now option. How did you even hear about it? Because I always look up like old monster cartoons and stuff. And I'm constantly (laughs) searching the web for such things. And this was one of those that I didn't see any reviews about it or anything, but I was like, this looks interesting. Maybe I'll check it out. And I, I never did. So this was an opportunity for me to do so. And I'll say I'm glad that I never purchased it. Yeah. <laughs> Just There's to start that. us off. But, <laughs> but let's go ahead and start us off. Um, okay, okay. We'll jump into that with three episodes we watch for today's show, as we usually do. The very first episode, highest rated episode. And finally, a random listener chosen episode. Order may vary depending on how these episodes fall chronologically. But of course, we have to start with the very first episode being Color Me Dreadful, season one, episode one, where Dr. Dread is feeling like a failure because the drag pack has defeated him so often. So he builds a color collector that steals the color from anything the ray hits. His first victims are, of course, the drag pack. That actually isn't true. Because he he drains the color from all kinds of other stuff first before he goes for the drag pack. Does he drain colors from people, though, or just objects? Um, Objects. Yeah. He, yeah, because he keeps draining the color. But th- what's weird is he wasn't even going to drain their color. I mean, as we see as the, the episode progresses, that wasn't even his plan, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, his plan was even stupider <laughs> than, than what the description sounds like, but... So, so, oh, uh, man, Dr. Dredd is their main and really their only villain. He leads a team called Ogre, which is the organization for generally, what was it? Generally repulsive enterprises or something. It's something like that. I don't know if it matters. It doesn't, but <laughs> yeah, he, he leads Ogre, a, a bad acronym. Yes. And, uh. Ogre consists of, as you were saying in the in the voice actors, it's got Vampira, it's got Fly, it's got Mummy Man, and it's got Toad. That's it. That's Ogre. I couldn't figure out if if Fly was actually a monster or if he was a, a, a man tiny dressed guy. Up as a fly. Yeah, because he had like I don't know. It was almost like the Batman thing, where like the bottom half of his like his mouth and jaw mm. looked very human. I feel like but the you, rest of them was fly. I feel like you was kind of a experiment gone wrong, like Jeff Goldblum fly situation. Maybe. Well, I feel like they were kind of going for that. But honestly, to me, it looked like a short. It was like a short French guy wearing a fly costume. Man, I had so much of a problem with fly. He was the worst. <laughs> I hated like, that guy. They gave him this weird French accent. <laughs> And of course, is, he had the the buzzing every now and then. Yeah, every once in a while, he would buzz. Of course, like honestly, most of the the bad guys were pretty awful. I liked Mummy Man to an extent. Mummy Man was funny because you could not understand a word <laughs> he was saying. He just mumbled everything, and every once in a while, you would catch a word, but you could, but there's no context to it because you can't understand anything else he says. So yeah, but what, that makes him entertaining, and he's huge. He's, he's their big brute force. He's kind of the counter to Frankie. Um, right. But he, so so Mummy Jr., or no, sorry, Mummy Man, he has like endless amounts of like bandage wraps that he can use to tie up and 
keep the drag pack from going anywhere. And, and his, super strength. He does have super strength, and his uh, his mumbling is usually trans, kind of not translated directly, but you, people respond to it. At least the the ogre team responds yeah. to it and kind of clues you in on what he was talking about. So I did like that. I thought that was kind of clever the way that they played his mumbling. Because at first I sure. thought it was just really bad audio with him and I couldn't hear what he was saying right. But then <laughs> I was like, God, this is awful. Yeah, then I saw what they were doing. And I was like, okay, that that's fine. Vampira was interesting in a way. I didn't mind her too much. I just felt like they made really poor choices with her. Like, honestly, um, <laughs> so her... Her thing is she can turn into different animals. Like she's a shapeshifter, even though she's like a female vampire. Yeah. Instead of turning into a bat, she turns into whatever she wants. She turns into a bat sometimes. She more often turns into a snake, like right. a cobra. But like uh, at one point in this one, she turns into a pterodactyl. And I'm <sighs> like, oh, that's weird, but kind of cool. But then later, like when they're like ready to, they're like actually fighting the drag pack out of all the things she can turn into. She turns into a crab, <laughs> not not a crab. She turns into a lobster, Chris. Oh, Get she turns right. into a, she, okay. She turns into a lobster. <laughs> uh, like what? The, she could have been a lion or a bear or, or something cool. Or she could have been, you know, the snake again. A freaking lobster. All they have, all they have to do is put her in a, a pot of boiling water. Yeah, the, that's it. That's all they gotta do. Put rubber bands on her hands. Let's talk about the drag pack for a second. So, Ugh. yeah. So you've got Drag Junior. You've got Frankie. You've got Howler. Those are their code names and their real names, I guess. Like, is Howler like like James Howler, aka Logan, aka Wolverine? Like, is that his last name or something, or is that? I I have no idea. I have no idea, man. Yeah, like, the, the only one guess is as good as mine. The only ones that flew with me, I guess, were were Drac is fine because he's Dracula's great nephew, and Frankie's fine because that's a real name. But right. Howler didn't make sense to me, and Howler is always wearing an orange belly shirt, like he's always showing his yes. belly. Yes, <laughs> which is yeah, it was weird. I don't, like I don't remember a time where that was like in style. <laughs> You know, for guys at least. I, I, this Girls, is coming. Yes, this is but. coming right out of the seventies, and I don't. I'm not sure what the style was then, but I do not recall belly shirts on guys being cool. Well, and wasn't and this show came out in 1980, right? Right. Yeah. So, like, mm, I don't know about this. I don't trust it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't think the the show in your midriff was a thing for guys, but I could be wrong. Yeah, I. I don't know. I don't know. No, I have nothing against it necessarily. On a, if that's your I thing, don't. but <laughs> you don't want to see me wearing a belly shirt. I can tell you that much. <laughs> but yeah, so so that was his thing constantly. I guess just to show that he has a hairy belly when he's a werewolf. So okay, their their thing is, uh. and it works on two levels, but not another one for me. Where according to the okay, well, first of all, let's let's talk about the way that this intros. It intros as you already like they've been doing this for a while and. This is like this is the last straw for Dr. Dredd because he's been beaten so many times. But this is the official first episode. So it's like we are supposed to know what's been going on up until this point. We kind of get fed little tidbits here and there. Yeah. Of what exactly is happening with them. And the intro is one of those. It doesn't just play a theme song. It, it spells it out for us and tells us briefly what's going oh. on up to this point. Yeah, I mean, you guys would have heard it already, but like the intro gives us the entire story pretty much. Yeah. 
Like, <laughs> they don't leave anything to the imagination. They're like, here's exactly what you need to know in the form of a song. But what they do is it's weird that they say them transforming into monsters, which is what, you know, the drag pack does. That's their superpowers is to turn into monsters. Right. So drag turning into a vampire. Fine. Like I've seen transforming well, vampires before. <laughs> I don't know. It's a vampire so much as it's. Uh, maybe a character from Rocky Horror Picture Show with the ability to turn into a bat. He he does turn into a, like a very androgynous vampire. He's got eyeshadow, man. Like yeah. a lot of it too. Eyeshadow and lipstick. And lipstick. Yeah. And yeah. white. I mean, makeup. he straight up looks like he's from Rocky Horror, and um, and he doesn't do anything vampire like aside from turn into a bat. He can also turn into mist, but he doesn't do anything like. There's no there's no mention of like blood sucking or anything like that. No. Even he even can go out in the sunlight. Even Dracula, well Dracula can't go out in the sunlight, which we'll talk about later, but right. Even Dracula like doesn't talk about blood in the first episode. He's talking about like drinking tomato juice. Sorry, it's tomato juice. Oh yeah, that's the way he says it, tomato juice. So, <laughs> they're they're straying really far away from anything that could be uh I don't know, that parents could get upset about. Right. Um, there, there are for a horror show, like there are zero like scary things. This is the tamest, tamest horror yeah. property that I think I've ever seen. Honestly, Rick Moranis in Gravedale High was scarier than this. Oh yeah. It was better than this. Oh, way better. Is, yeah. Which is really, I'm ashamed to say. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I didn't, I didn't not like that show, but just as a comparison, this show doesn't even hold a candle to it. No, and, oh, man. Oh, well, then, so we talked about what Drac does. Explain the other two. Okay, yeah, so Frankie, no, no, first Howler. Howler is a guy who can turn into a werewolf at will. Doesn't have to have a full moon or anything. It's just, like, that's his thing. It's like, all right, yeah. people transform into werewolves. I accept this. But the one that upsets me is Frankie turns into a Frankenstein's monster from a human. <laughs> Not only does yeah. his skin turn green, but he gets bolts in his neck and everything. And it's like, why is that a transformation? Like, that's not a transformation. Like, he should just, he's either a Frankenstein's monster or he's not. They just, <laughs> every time they turn, they just kill him and bring him back to life every <laughs> yeah. time. With, with the spare parts of <laughs> other humans. Yeah. Yeah. They just, like, kill him and, and do that. Um. So please explain to our listeners what they do to turn into these things. Oh man, this was I had to I had to like rewind this to to see if I had heard it right because they were yeah. the first are like, all right, guys, it's time for the drac whack, and it's like, wait, wait, what? And then they're like, first I thought they said drac quack. Oh no, I was like what? <laughs> it's like uh, yeah. Okay, the way to think of it is like when you whack something, like when you smack it. But in this case, they're whacking, they're high-fiving basically. And that's the drac whack is them <laughs> giving like a triple high-five and uh, turning into, that's that's how they activate their monster form. Well, and then they also say like wacko afterwards. Oh yeah, like wacko. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, all right, let's drac whack. Wacko. And then you're like, <laughs> What is happening? It was oh, so man. weird. And uh, I mean, we didn't really talk about the episode any because what is there to talk about? Like, there's not much. I mean, all it is is he's so he's got this machine draining color. And out of all the times they foiled Dr. Dread, they can't figure out that it's him behind it. They're like, oh, I wonder what's happening. And they like every episode. This is what happens. This is I'll give you the, the plot for every episode. Yeah. Dr. Dread will be doing something. 
they will have no idea what's happening until Big D. Oh my God. <laughs> call or so he he has them contact him why he doesn't just contact them first i don't know but they always have contact him and he yells at them about what's going on and they're like oh it's dr dread and then they go stop dr dread that's every freaking episode and um yeah dude there's so many euphemisms in this episode in particular well i mean big d come on I, come on but see back in back in 1980 i don't know that those had the same meanings as they do now maybe not but like, what about feeling in the pink? Because that comes up later too, and I'm like, really? It does, really. I, I, I'm <laughs> not. I don't think that it meant the same thing. Like, I don't know. I was looking at this through a lens of this was a time where these words were not used in such a way. You know, and one thing that that I didn't understand was so I thought, and in the de- the description for the episode, it even says. That his plan is to decolorize everything, starting with the drag back. So he decolorizes things in their house, but doesn't decolorize them, which I didn't understand that. Yeah, not not right away, at least. Um, they kind of decolorize but, yeah. each other at one point, trying well, to yeah, fix it. They end up getting to his place, and then his plan instead is to tie them up and drown them in what basically looks like a um i don't know like a big boiler or something where the pink pigment is draining oh, into oh yeah he he wants to drown them in the color pink because when the color is drained it turns basically into, into a, a paint like substance yeah yeah it's like liquid pigment right so he chooses the pink one and puts them in there and then starts to have them drown but okay here's two other things that happen in every episode for one, Toad will always screw everything up, and that's how the Drag Pack is able to like not die because yeah. he always does something to mess up Doctor Dread's plan. Yeah, Drag Pack's really not that competent of a team. And then the only other thing that always happens is they get out of every situation by telling Frankie that he's mad, and then he's like, "Oh, oh, I guess I am mad," and then he gets more strength, and then he can break out of anything. Yeah. Frankie's kind of like the Hulk. The more mad he gets, yeah. the stronger he gets. And but it, he he's never actually mad. Howler has to tell him he's mad. Yeah. He's like, pink makes you mad. And he's like, I guess it does. <laughs> yeah, that was actually kind of funny. I guess the highlight of this episode for me was probably Dracula because I think Big his, D, his sir. Lines, Big D. Big D. His lines were the best out of everybody's. Yeah, uh, I'll give you that. Otherwise, it was just kind of, I don't know. Like, this was... I didn't like the intro episode very much, and I just thought the plot was weak and yeah, it it didn't pick itself up. So and I gotta tell you, like Frankie and Howler's voices are awful. Like they annoy the crap out of me, especially Frankie's voice. His voice is terrible. Uh, they're the same person too. I know, and like like his laugh. What is up with his laugh? His laugh is like. Huh, 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 huh. <laughs> uh, and he does it all the time. He's always doing that laugh, and it drives me nuts. And it made me. Went to rip my own eardrums out, which I almost did, but I don't. I figured I might need them for later. I don't know what the problem is with people animating werewolves. Like, why can't they make a cool werewolf? This no, it looked stupid. No, oh, oh, not even the look, but the attitude too. Like, I liked the werewolf from what was the show we watched uh, that had Ghoulie get together in it. Are you talking about Groovy Ghoulies? Groovy Ghoulies, yeah. Um, I like that werewolf better than I like this werewolf, and I didn't care for that werewolf very much. People are not good at animated werewolves, apparently. 
I, I don't know. They just don't give them the right attitudes to me. But Right, exactly. Yeah. Ugh. And one other thing that bugged me is if you look at Drac in his human form in this first episode, at least, he always has his arms crossed and his head cocked to the side like he hates everything and he's annoyed to be doing everything. He always looks angry. And I'm like, this is just oh, so bad. So, OK, uh, next episode. Uh, next episode is Dread Goes Hollywood, season one, episode nine. And I chose this one because we had previously done a Hollywood episode of the last show that we did, or no, yeah, two shows Alf. ago that we did, Elf. And uh, I wanted to see what their Hollywood episode was like. And uh, Elf's was better. <laughs> Which is saying something. <laughs> so in this episode, like it opens with them going to a sneak preview of a movie. The Sorry, the drag pack going to a sneak preview of the movie. And then... I thought it was kind of funny when Dr. Dredd comes on and roars like the MGM lion. That was kind of funny. That was pretty funny. I was like, okay, this, this, maybe the show is going to get better. And, uh, I mean, I, I was wrong, but I was hopeful there. <laughs> At least you're honest about it. Yeah. But, but I was wrong. I, I did like the plot of this one better where, uh, Dr. Dredd's idea is to, he, he's producing movies that star the Drak Pack, his version of the Drak Pack. But they're doing like evil deeds. And because this is like the mass media for the public, like it's basically shaming them and making the public turn against them, which I thought was kind of a cool idea. So real quick, I just I want to ask a question to the listeners and I want them to think about for just a sec. So when we say that they were doing evil deeds, what do you think that would entail? I will give you a second. Okay, so you got evil deeds in your head. So you would think maybe like stealing things, maybe murdering people, kidnapping. No, they're being jerks to kids. That was their <laughs> evil deeds, like knocking over somebody's like kite that they're flying or like knocking ice cream out of a little kid's hand. These are the evil deeds. They went to one of them. One time, Drek went to a little kid's birthday party and ate his cake and then walked off. Yeah, <laughs> that was the evil deed. <laughs> I guess evil is like a strong word. Well, my my the favorite my favorite part about that too with the Drax scene in particular was he walks up. There's this group of kids at a table, and he walks over and he unfurls his cape, and he just has his cape. And I'm like, is he flashing oh, them? Yeah, what is he doing? All you see is his back, and you're like, whoa. <laughs> I was like, gross. Well, and, and then, then he walks away. And then he doesn't move at all, and his head's still in the same place. But then his cape yeah. goes down, and the cake is gone. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah. So he was eating and the cake. He, well, you don't get that impression at all yeah. by the way he does it. And then he tells them after like, they can see he ate the cake, and he's like, I ate your whole cake. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They're probably like, well, I can see that jerk. But. Maybe Dr. Dredge is not a great director. And one thing that I didn't understand, I because they didn't really say anything about it in the first episode we watched, but I guess that the Drak Pack is like a known group of like superheroes to the public because all these kids like knew who they were and they were so disappointed and how the Drak Pack were being so mean to them. And they're like, oh, you guys are not nice. Bah. <laughs> and the other, so uh, I guess they're kind of celebrities. The other weird thing is that like the Drak Pack goes to the movies and they're seeing this in a movie theater. And I'm like, for one, did they just go to a random movie not knowing what it was? Like, 
Because they just kind of showed up and they looked so surprised. I'm like, how did you not know what movie you were going to? And then two, like neither of them like believed that it wasn't them on the screen because it would show Drac first and like one would be like, oh, Drac, how could you? And he's like, that's not me. And then they would show Frankie do something. And they're like, Frankie, you're so terrible. And he's like, that's not me. <laughs> like, God, you guys are so dumb. <laughs> the comedy of it, I guess, is that the Drac pack is just not really fit to be superheroes. But I don't know if that's what it was supposed to i don't like i don't know if that's how we're supposed to perceive it i think they were just like poorly written heroes yeah i think so oh man yeah <laughs> yep there and oh man we get introduced to something that happens in um this episode and the next episode is that random objects are apparently telephones not what we think they are yeah like they go outside and they get a call on a fire hydrant like just right outside the movie theater. Oh, the, the fire hydrant's ringing. They just answer it. I'm like what? Why is this random fire hydrant a phone? They don't even question it either. Yeah, they don't question it at all. It's just like it's a thing. <sighs> I don't. I don't understand, man. I don't know what this is. <laughs> what is life? Yeah. Oh, something that I don't. I don't know if it had started yet, but every episode, at least. From the second one forward, um, Dr. Dredd sets up, quote unquote, secret meetings with only Drac. He only invites Drac Jr. to it. And his secret meetings entail him telling Drac his whole plan. Yeah. And basically challenging him to stop him. Right. He wonders why he keeps losing. Right. I don't I, I did not understand <laughs> the purpose of these secret meetings except as a narrative for the plot well even in the first episode even though they didn't do the secret meeting he had toad deliver a message basically saying hey this is my plot yeah and and just left it on their window and they find it so i'm like he he keeps telling them what he's doing i'm like i don't understand the thought process with the writing in this i don't Instead of being oh, like a, a clever villain who leads like a calling card or something, he literally calls them and like tells them what he's going to do. <laughs> and it's not like it's anonymous because he's the only villain. So it's, of course, <laughs> going to be him. I do like how um, Dr. Dredd always lures them places. Somehow it always works. He always lures them somewhere. And he lured them to like this this movie set he made. And there's this like roller coaster looking, I don't know, like mine cart shaft thing that they're on doing like a studio tour kind of thing and it's called the collapsing bridge so they're doing a studio tour toad is the i don't know why this is even happening why are they doing a studio tour there (laughs) why do they not realize that toad is the one giving them the tour yeah then jumps off the um thing as it goes over what he refers to as the famous collapsing bridge and one of them's just like oh i'm sure it's totally safe and then like it's called the collapsing yeah, bridge. And then Toad's like, all right, well, I'm going to get off here. So have fun. Yep. And they suspect nothing. Yep. Uh, <laughs> God. And, <laughs> and then, of course, they uh, they start drac whacking and they they, uh, <laughs> uh, they they come to basically come to stop dread from. Well, what killing he's Dracula. what he's doing, killing. Oh, yeah, because he his plan at this point is. And he, he succeeded to an extent to go and nab, Dracu- nab Dracula's coffin during the daytime, bring him out into the sunlight, and then set an alarm on top of his coffin, <laughs> but but change the alarm to go off while Sooner. it's still daytime, yeah, so that yeah. he can wake up to it. 
So instead of just bringing him into the daylight and opening the coffin, <laughs> yeah. he sets an alarm. Right. Because he wants Dracula to wake up unsuspectingly and yeah. fry himself. And I'm just like, <sighs> Dread is just, his schemes are just so poorly thought out. And so they, they just leave so many openings for I'm going to be stopped. Like, I know I'm not going to get away with this. <laughs> Maybe Dr. Dread is some kind of tragic character who wants to be stopped because he can't help what he's doing at right. this point. He's it's it's all a cry for help. Exactly. Like, Please he, just kill he, me. He just needs a t- <laughs> he just, <laughs> just needs the me. attention. <laughs> so I don't have to be in this show anymore. <laughs> my uh, so my favorite quote from this episode and the entire show is it's high noon for Big D. <laughs> that that is a <laughs> That is a quote to remember for the ages. It's high noon for Big D. It's high noon for Big D. Uh, <laughs> since Toad messes up so much, he's also, he has this thing that he says, he's like, bad Toad, bad Toad, where he gets onto himself because he knows he's messed up. This episode also, Vampira transforms into a snake. Here's where I started hating Fly the most in this episode. Okay. Because- Do explain. Okay, so- Fly is facing off with Frankenstein, and I'm like, okay, now it's time to see what this Fly guy's got. We've cut back to their fight, and Fly has literally just stuck flypaper all over Frankenstein. Oh, yeah. And, like, he's he's inconvenienced him, and that's it. (laughs) Like, (laughs) yeah, there is no threat. Frankenstein has super strength. Like, flypaper would literally do nothing to him. Well, what's funny, too, is, like, it did incapacitate him. Yeah. Because Frankie, like, wouldn't move he was like stuck in the flypaper but which was kind of funny but at the same time it's like god this is a terrible villain and i want you guys to realize like we're not talking about like he wrapped him up in some kind of giant roll of flypaper it was like little like eight and a half by 11 (laughs) sheets of paper he's just just sticking to his back it was like sticky notes (laughs) all over him of flypaper yeah that was great yeah so that made me really dislike fly Uh, then they get trapped in some kind of glass that's unbreakable by this this went to show just how useless howler was because it's unbreakable by his howl like you would think glass would you know as with a high-pitched squeal would break it and it breaks all the glass around the tube they're caught in but then they have to do the thing like you were talking about where they have to make frankie believe that he's mad and then he ends up breaking out of the glass which I thought was not going to work at first, too, because I was like, okay, so they're going to play this differently where not even that will work. But then it's like, oh, that still works. So that's what works every yeah. time. All they have to do to win is just make Frankie mad. Which is what they do for every episode. Yeah. That, that's how they get out of every predicament. Yep. <sighs> and uh, they, they oh, get away they in time to push Dracula, they, to push Big D's uh, coffin <laughs> casket into a mine. It's hard not to laugh. So there's no, there's no sunlight. The alarm goes off, he gets up, stretches, and he's like, where am I? And then he's not in the sun, so the day is saved. Oh, um, one thing to mention, too, is that the Drac Pack get around in this car that's really weird shaped and has these large red bat wings hanging off the side. Oh, yeah. So not inconspicuous at all. And they will, (laughs) they would have to, if they're on a two lane road, they would have to drive down the middle of, of both lanes and no one would be able to pass them. They couldn't pass anybody because they would wreck the car because the wings would snap off. (laughs) It was very, it's a very poor designed car. I I think it was called the Drakster. Everything is named after after Drak. And he, it's like, it can 
it can go air, water, or land. Oh, an example of why Drac is like the guy from Get Smart is because he has this thing. He's almost very Inspector Gadget-like, where he's he's like, hmm, this reminds me of such and such case, or such, or I think this is the clue. And like he's never oh, yeah. he's never like intelligent about it. But no, never. And, and a lot of times he points out something that's very obvious, or that the other two have already said, but he claims it as yeah. his own. So he's just very narcissistic and not all that smart. Yeah, he's he's pretty much an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> like we can we can go and say he's stupid. Yeah. <laughs> so the last episode we watched for today's show was The Grimmest Book of Records, season one, episode 14. And I think Chris chose this one. I did. Okay, so we there were no rated episodes of this show anywhere. So in place of a highest rated, we both chose a random episode and and i chose this one because i'm like grimace book cool you know kind of thinking maybe one thing about it and it wasn't what i was thinking because i anytime i say i see the words like grim and book i think of something like grim's fairy tales or something and i'm like okay cool brothers grim that'll that might be interesting in you know this kind of cartoon with like monsters and stuff that's not what we got <laughs> not what we got at all instead this was like grimace book of world records is what this was so Dr. Judd's plan was, I want to get in the grimmest book of world records by committing the most crimes in a day, which apparently is only three. So well, well it doesn't n- seem too hard. Well, no, it's 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 not only three. It's the mace, the most major international crimes in a three hour period. Oh, OK, OK. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. So he just has to commit as many as he can in three hours internationally. Right. Which um, is only three. Yeah. Th- it starts off with. One of the secret meetings on an island where Drac has to go alone. <laughs> and then uh, please tell him what happens after the meeting. Uh, Dr. Dr. Dredd has he's in like a shark mobile thing like or shark <laughs> right. submarine, I guess. Why wouldn't it be? Yeah. And then, then it, it eats Drac Jr.'s boat and he's like, all right, bye. And then leaves him there after telling him. And then Drac Jr., just like the inexplicable telephones inside of fire hydrants this island also happens to be a flying island that turns into a ship and he's just like okay well i'll just fly away and (laughs) so he does he pulls open the palm tree presses like a lever and the palms rotate like a helicopter and he just flies away yeah it's (laughs) It's like he knew all along that's exactly what was gonna happen but yeah like what the uh and then so like again big d sends a bat to them to tell them to call him instead of just calling him himself. Yeah. I mean, he could have just called them and saved everybody the trouble, but no. So then they do some more drag pack whack. They start whacking so they can go <laughs> stop Dr. Dredd, who's like, this This gets weird. This gets really weird. So his very first caper is very Carmen Sandiego-like in that he steals the clock face of Big Ben. Right. I'm like, okay, that is a pretty... Goofy evil supervillain plot. All right. Still Big Ben. That makes sense. But then he's like, this next one, um, <laughs> it's like this next one's going to be uh, really get the media's attention, which is that he steals a, a horse, a racehorse. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. The, like, the triple what? crown. He steals a triple crown winner. Lightning lady. Yeah. That was supposed to be a bigger theft than Big Ben was just stealing this horse. And I'm like, is it really? <laughs> yeah. He, he's captured Frankie at this point. Because how did how did Frankie get captured? Do you remember? I don't know. It was something stupid. <laughs> yeah. So That's all you need to know. Yeah. So Frankie's captured. 
Okay, so Drac Jr. is locked up in a tower. Fly throws a net on top of Frankie, and that's how he's captured. Oh, perfect. And, uh, yeah, and so they, they take Frankie to the next crime with Lightning Lady, and then they replace Lightning Lady, the horse, under the jockey with Frankie and make Frankie finish the race as the horse. <laughs> so he's just running on all fours. But he finishes and he gets yeah, first he place, finishes. I think. Yeah, I think he does too. <laughs> Which is, oh man, like when I thought this show couldn't get dumber. And this oh, uh, this boy. is one of the last episodes too because there's 16, this is 14. Yeah. Uh, this uh, So yeah, it definitely wasn't improving. And then the next big one was to steal the oil tanker out in the ocean. Yeah, but first... Drac Jr. and Howler are trapped in things that would not allow them to break out of. Like, Howler is trapped in some kind of laser, just oh, yeah, uh, it's bars. Like, yeah, it's just lasers kind of making a almost like a little cage around him. And Drac Jr. is trapped in a giant jar with a cork plug on it so that he can't turn into mist and get out of it. Right. So I, I'm assuming it's cutting all his air off, too. So, But I, I don't know if vampires have to breathe. I don't know. Yeah. He didn't seem like he was getting, you know, lightheaded or anything. He was just annoyed that he's in a jar. Yeah. And so would be Howler does the obvious thing, which is blow a computer chair into the computer (laughs) and push just the right button to release him so that he can release Drac Jr. after that. Yes. So obvious. Very. Yeah. I mean, that's exactly what I would do. Well, it's exactly what I've suspected would have happened with all the everything at their disposal. Computer chair saved the day. Right. And it's good that he had enough working knowledge of that system to know which button that chair needed to smack into. And even better that it wasn't password protected, knowing that they right. were in there with the only way to let themselves out. Yeah. So again, good. I feel like Dr. Great Dread foresight. has to be some kind of tragic figure who wants to be caught. He needs this. <laughs> yeah, he needs to be caught. Sure. <laughs> Please stop me. Please. <laughs> Please take me in. I'm ruining my family. Yeah. <laughs> so he he struck again and he succeeds at stealing this tanker. And all he has to do to claim his place in the grimmest book of records, which is all he wants. He doesn't want to take over the world or anything at this point. He just wants to be in that book of records. And <laughs> that's such a big deal to Big D and everybody that uh, they he has to be stopped at all costs. Like this is the, his biggest heist yet. This right. is This is the most evil thing he's ever done. Even more evil than stealing candy from babies. Right, exactly. Yeah, and... It's pretty evil. It it does this thing that I kind of like, this circular thing where Drac Jr. is like, uh, Dread would go bananas if he knew we were following, and then Dread's like, they'd go bananas if they knew that I knew that they were following me. And then (laughs) it goes back to uh, Drac Jr. who's like, basically like, I knew he knew I knew. And it just goes like that a few times. Yeah, Yeah, that was all right. Yeah, I mean that—that's probably the funniest part of this episode, and that's not even that funny. That's—I'm just dra- no. grabbing a straws here. <laughs> it's yeah, it's really not that funny. But yeah. It was all right. It was an okay joke. <laughs> it was an okay joke. It was acceptable. It was all right. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't the worst. No, yeah. Give that. That's the most you can give it at this point. Yeah, and so they're about to broadcast to the world. Drag Pack intervenes, of course. Fly is terrible still. Uh, he does pretty much nothing. That's <laughs> well, terrible. Yeah. yeah. Drag pack wins. <laughs> Mummy. Yeah, well, Mummy Man is the one who really kind of messes it up because he's trying to capture the drag pack with his bandages without looking because they go over or they, they go like over this wall and he tries to grab them and they put a rock inside of his bandages or a giant boulder 
He That's grabs right. it up and it comes back down so hard that it like smashes into the the island that they're on and sinks it and that's it. Yeah, so then Drac Pack sail away on the oil tanker with Big Ben and the horse. Yep. And yeah, and that's pretty much it. I mean, that's that glorious episode. That was that was Drac Pack. So, uh <laughs> well, Chris, uh it looks like it's about time we set up a secret meeting with our team of little monsters, our inner kids, and see what they thought of the Drag Pack. Some of the characters in this cartoon were kind of cool, but most of them were really annoying, and I wish they would just shut up. I mean, I like monsters and all, but you can't make monsters good guys and stupid. I think this cartoon was making me even madder than Frankie. So before I start breaking things, I'm going to give this one bowl of big D's out of five, and now I'm going to go make Vampira my girlfriend so she can turn into a snake and eat my math teacher. Bye. As appealing as a horror-themed subject matter is to me, the only thing that scared me was how unappealing Drakpak ended up being. Every episode seemed like a rehash of the one before it, and it seemed to lack a great deal of polish. I honestly don't think I've ever seen a band of less threatening villains. Fly, I'm calling you out specifically. Drakpak continuously straddled the line between taking itself seriously and being a comical parody of the cartoon crime-fighting genre, but because I'm not even sure it knew what it wanted to be, it wasn't successful at either. Overall, I can only give Drakpak two big bowls of Big D's tomato juice out of five, and Dracula's humor was easily the highlight, but the rest of the show was just Drakwack. I'm glad this isn't the type of horror I grew up with. Yeah, I agree. I, I think so, even, even, even uh, like, I, we haven't watched this yet, but like, the great pumpkin Charlie Brown was probably more frightening than this cartoon was. <laughs> it probably was. There was an episode of uh, Eureka's Castle that I saw as a kid that was scarier than this. Yeah, I believe it. Fraggle Rock. Yeah, just in true. general, Fraggles are frightening. Oh yeah, much scarier. Um, <laughs> so do you have anything else to add before we go? I just I was so disappointed because I wanted to like this show. Of course, I have a bias towards monster things, and this let me down in so many ways. I was just like. Like I see, I, it's not even like I see where they were going with it. It's like, I don't understand why they made a lot of the choices that they made. And I think if they had made more of a cohesive storyline, it could have actually gone somewhere. But instead it was just random ideas thrown all over the place. There had to be like a ton of writers on this who just like did not communicate well and just threw ideas together in a way that just didn't work for me. So I, I can't recommend watching this. I mean, you might do it now just to see if I'm wrong and prove me wrong, but I promise I'm not. And <laughs> just listen to me for, for once. <laughs> just listen. Yeah. You know, I didn't really have any idea of what to expect, but now that I've seen it, like I know exactly why it lasted only one season. Like you said, you know, there was some potential, like and the idea of it had potential, but it was so bad. The writing was terrible. It was just so silly and it didn't make any sense. And like, there were so many things that happened in every episode that you could predict how every episode is going to end. Like each major plot point, you can predict it so easily. So it's like you see one episode, you've seen all of it. So you don't need to experience it any more than that. So yeah, as the younger me said, I I love monsters, but this cartoon was just did not do it. It it was a complete failure. You know, I think maybe if you just watched one episode of this, you would get an idea of whether or not you were going to like it. And then just yes. le- even if you like it, leave it at that, because you'll stop liking it after you see the same episode 16 times. <laughs> right. 
<laughs> just so maybe it's a very, very, very small doses. I'll tell you three was too big of a dose, three episodes. Yes. So, yeah, that was way too much. Yeah, leave it at one and maybe you won't be disappointed. <laughs> but thank you anyway, Scott, for suggesting this. Yeah. Because, I mean, we wouldn't have known and we wouldn't have had like, you know, other cartoons we can compare this to in the future if we hadn't seen this. Right. So, and I, I might have purchased this on Amazon eventually had it yes. not been so for you, this. You saved Joseph's money. You saved me money. By so I, I appreciate suggesting it. Suggesting this. So thank, thank you, Scott. you so much. <laughs> yes. Well, listeners, it looks like our milk supply is now run dry. So it's time for us to say goodbye. And next week, we'll be watching Rick and Morty, suggested via email by Sam. Oh my gosh. You, I have seen all of it, but you are going to love it, man. Yeah, I, I've only seen like, I've seen one clip of Rick and Morty and that is my extent. Oh my gosh. It's good. Oh, I'm so excited for you to watch this. Looking forward to it. Yes. All right. So once again, I'm Joseph. And I'm Chris. And we'll see you next Saturday. Presented by NerdSloth. A place for lazy nerds. If you like what you heard, consider donating at patreon.com slash NerdSloth so we can continue bringing you quality shows. Be sure to also leave us a review and share your favorite episodes and clips on social media. If you're looking for more content, visit us at nerdsloth.com.